0: now good we are here again yes welcome bob thank you i think that's the nicest thing i've heard all day today there you go
1: this is uh the border poll journal for the 24th of july no no the 14th oh why is is it right my eyesight is failing me i thought it said 24 in the corner there pushing
0: the summer big, too quickly. I know I know you're on the other side of the country for me, but I didn't know there was that big a date line. Mm, yeah, well, here we are in beautiful downtown Grand Bend. And here we are out in the dry West Coast. Well, at least it's dry. We had a couple of days of torrential rain. Well, at this point, I think we'd be very happy to get that. I think we said something like 350 forest fires burning in the province somewhere. Wow.
1: That's a lot of forest fires, mm-hmm. and how many did Smokey find were from campfires?
0: Uh, I haven't looked at the latest numbers, but the the most recent ones were from uh, nature causes, not not human intervention. But okay, I
1: know anyway,
0: they were investigating some some arson in
1: various places.
0: Yeah, hmm. well, you know, I. I don't understand that mindset. Mind you, I don't understand criminal mindset at the best of times, though. Well, just, want.
1: well, today's program, as you know from our pre-production discussion, we're going to focus on crime and immigration. After all, we are border and And uh, some other issues. Uh, but the one that For those people who think that nothing happens in Canada, uh, we have uh, a lot of issues involving the criminal justice system kind of not working. Yeah, very much so, yeah. The story of a suspect accused of attempted murder in a vicious knife attack in Toronto uh, was released on the street shortly after failing to show up for multiple bail hearings for numerous robbery-related charges. I'm, I'm going to read you this report because this is a, a very current, and I don't think it's a isolated incident because no. we can go through a number of cases, but this is in Toronto, the largest city in Canada, where there's a lot of folks sleeping on the street. There's an awful lot of uh, issues of mental illness and and uh, poverty and so on, yeah. which has essentially grown exponentially over the last couple of years, and uh, there doesn't appear to be any real uh, efforts uh, to to deal with it. But I digress for the moment. So I'm just going to go over this particular case, and, and then we can we can uh, chat about it. And it's on July the sixth. The video captured by the TTC, which is the Toronto Transit System, went viral, allegedly depicting a fellow by the name of Moses Lewin and another passenger engaged in a a dispute before Lewin stabbed and chased his victim with a knife before fleeing the scene at one of the subway stations called Eglinton Station. However, this incident is far from Lewin's first running with the law, as records show that his criminal activities ramped up in severity over the past year and a half. Uh, this person has been charged multiple times for stealing motor vehicles, break and enter, and failing to show up for bail hearings on multiple occasions. According to documents are obtained by the Canadian TV news people, uh, CTV, uh, this fellow was charged in April 22 for stealing a car, possessing break-in instruments, and possessing 10 license plates. And remind me about the license plates thing uh, later because there's another issue there I was gonna bring up. Uh, he was released on bail for $500, which is a joke, but failed to appear on a scheduled court appearance, provoking the court <clears throat> to issue a bench warrant on April 26, 2022. A few months later, in June, 2022, he was charged in Milton, Ontario, uh, again for theft of a car, motor vehicle, breaking and entering, dangerous operation of a motor vehicle, flight from a police officer and failure to comply with a release order. So this guy's, you know, 24 karat gold. Despite him having an outstanding bench warrant for his arrest, get this, the court decided to hold him for bail at the princely sum of 200 bucks, which prompted his quick release from prison. In November 2022, he was caught offending again I like the term that they're using in the press, caught offending, being charged with damaging windows at the Toronto, uh, sorry, a, a Scarborough Town Center, possessing break-in instruments and carrying an eight-inch fishing knife as a weapon. Uh, clearly, he's not a fisher person. He was released again and failed to show up January 11, 2023 for his court appearance because he just doesn't do that sort of stuff. On the day of his alleged murder attempt on the subway, a bench warrant was issued for his arrest by the same Milton court for his June 2022 break-in. Now, uh, here's interesting. From January 2023 back to June 2022, what was the court doing in Milton? Apparently, he he never showed up, so they they gave him six months. Maybe he'll wander off the street. Who knows? Critics claim that criminals like this guy being released on bail to re-offend has become the norm in Canada and not the exception. The Conservative Party leader Pierre Polyev has promised to deny bail to repeat violent offenders if elected prime minister and to mitigate the crime issue in Canada's big cities. He says, quote, if someone has committed seven or eight repeat violent offenses. And then is newly arrested on a new violent charge, and it's clear that they are a danger to society and should be kept behind bars until the trial is over and their sentence is complete," said Ev in a press conference in May. Now, uh, just to this one gets me, but he's quoted: "If they've committed seven or eight repeat violent offenses, like you know, what's the magic number here? Uh. Seven or eight, one or two? Like just, just, just the verbiage itself s- suggests to me that." How serious are you on this?
0: What well, It goes back to some of the issues we've talked about before, and it seems to be a bit of a issue in Canada where we have to have numbers assigned to everything. In the immigration legislation, Right? I mean, if, if you uh, smuggled nine people, you weren't a human smuggler. But if you did 10, then they could go after you. Like, what difference does one person make Well, I shouldn't say that one person smuggled versus nine people smuggled versus 100 people smuggled is a crime and it should be addressed. A number shouldn't matter. Now, whether it's a criminal offense where there has to be a magic number of eight or nine serious offenses or whether it's just one. Becomes kind of a moot point, um, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, well the whole issue with the
1: trafficking and smuggling if you'll remember uh, some decades ago uh, they decided that smuggling and trafficking are two different things even though they both end up you know getting the job done for the for the syndicates who are moving the people but i digress for a second anyway just to finish up on this case that that puts us then on the track of what we're going to talk about today which is which is uh, crime issue in in Canada, well North America in general, because we'll have some American cases that have come up too. But the the report concludes by saying that Canada's most high profile criminal cases like the Saskatchewan mass murder in September 22, were committed by someone who was known to the criminal justice system for past violence. So, you know, the problem is that we've got, uh, I, I call them cowards in the in the court system who are not are afraid to put these people where they're supposed to be okay if they're violent reoffenders, why are you putting them at two hundred dollars bail are you kidding me wow this yeah. is this is the price of a, a a lunch for for a bunch of elites in downtown ottawa you know and and this guy uh and many like him are basically given free-range chicken status yeah you can go and do whatever you want because uh you know we'll do a lot of squawking but you still get to go out there and do whatever you want I mean, you know this is this is the absurdity of this is beyond uh you know
0: compromise. well it is but i also kind of wonder whether the, the part and parcel of this is is that they they uh, increase in crime and in, in, in virtually all levels although if you read statistics they they're saying that the crime levels are going down we have a limited number of spaces, right? We're not building new jails, nor nor do we want to seem to build new jails to incarcerate people. Um, so what becomes the issue is, is that you, you kind of go along the line of, well, this will keep going and this will keep going and hopefully nothing very major, nothing very serious is gonna happen on my watch. And they keep passing the buck. Okay, so the question is, what motivates these people to do
1: that? I mean, why would a judge grant bail for two hundred bucks to a, a a multiple offender with who has aggravated assault cases, causing bodily harm, uh, failure to? I mean, this 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 character is is a poster child for what is wrong with the system. Well, that's true. What yeah. what judge? thought that 200 bucks is the, is the price for letting uh, this creep back out on the street
0: i think i think part of that goes to the fact that uh 200 used to be an awful lot of money and uh, you know you go to the atm now and and you don't get five and ten dollar bills you get 50s and hundreds right i mean it's just it's a meaningless concept and and a deterrence factor of anything monetary is is a joke Uh, 200 bucks you're right I mean that's a lunch you can go out and for two people very quickly run up a tab for 100 bucks and it's not even a not even at a a high-end restaurant anymore right I mean I went out for dinner the other night 16 dollars for me right what I what, what I trying to get my head
1: around is what would this judge do if the person they uh, he or she let out the, the door for two hundred bucks came around and attacked them, broke into their house, stole their car? You see, there seems to be some sort of uh, thought process that snaps off along the way with these people. They are not in the least bit concerned for their safety, for their well, their well-being, their family's well. I mean, you know, it's like this is not going to happen to me, and if it happens to somebody else, I mean, I, I, again, I'm trying yeah. to come to grips with what is the, where are they coming from?
0: And well, I think you've hit the nail right on the head there, Tom, with uh, and anecdotally, this goes back many, many years when there used to be uh, a justice in Vancouver who routinely threw out assault peace officer charges, just threw them up willy-nilly. You you should expect that because that's part of what you're getting paid for. And finally, um, after many, many of these cases were tossed out, somebody said, well, Judge, why don't you come down and visit with us on Friday night which just happens to be a full moon and happens to be part and parcel of uh, the end of the month when all the welfare payments are being paid. And this judge thought, oh, yeah, that'll be kind of a lark. I'd like to go and see what happens. And downtown Vancouver, he went out for a ride along and sure enough, there was a big dust up and the judge stood by the car and just watched what was going on somebody approached the judge wound up with a big big fist and he's i'm not a policeman i'm a judge and the comment was i really don't care who you are whack right in the nose broke his nose put him down and it turned out eventually uh, over the next six months or seven months until the lesson wore off assault po was a pretty significant charge and and uh, the, the criminals were, were actually getting jail time lenient as it might be but they were getting jail time because this guy had his nose broken and and you hit the nail right on the head when you said these guys they live in the hollywood north or the you know the rodeo drive or the whatever you want to call it and and the, the likelihood of that particular crime or series of crimes happening to them is remote yes ergo they don't see it they live ergo, in a bubble it's a security bubble yeah
1: yeah well and you know that uh coincidentally with this report out of toronto which is just it's it makes you nauseous just to well. read it but at the same time, uh, again, focusing on what is wrong with the leadership, like what is, what is in their heads? In Hamilton, the Hamilton Police Association has come out and, and condemned the Hamilton Center New Democrat Party MPP, Sarah Jama, J-A-M-A. This is, a, this is a, for people who don't know who the NDP is, the far left, uh, if you like, uh, party in Canada. Uh, that is uh, uh, essentially the antithesis of, of anything uh, that would be conservative. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, you know, the, the, this NDP, uh, Member of Provincial Parliament for the province of Ontario, uh, decided that she was going to attend a No Pride in Policing Coalition march that basically focuses on abolishing law enforcement. Uh, in a statement to uh, True North, which is a Canadian independent media outfit, uh, the HPA, Hamilton, Hamilton Police Association, spokesman uh, Jamie Bannon said, and I quote, every Ontario family feels safe in their homes and their communities. And they have made it loud and clear that they support and want more investment in police and public safety, unquote. Uh, the, uh, the union uh, was, was very concerned that this MPP, was uh, you know talking about abolishing police? She doesn't like police, and you know it's not only is that sort of talk irresponsible and dangerous; it's in my opinion stupid. Okay, who wants to live in a world the police haven't abolished? And what have we come to expect uh, from this MP and her dangerous rhetoric? So this this woman goes out and is basically talking about uh you know abolitionist anti fascist pride march that was held back in June twenty fifth in Toronto. And it demanded the abolishment of police and prisons, but also other radical policies. Okay, uh, th- this group has 25 demands. And listen to this list of laundry list of crazy stuff. Okay, they want to include the legalization of prostitution, allowing drug users to be able to donate blood, supporting safe supply and in drug injection sites, protect protecting drag shows for kids, 20 uh, hour mil- minimum wage and make toronto a real sanctuary city which i'm not sure what what is it now fake sanctuary city um the demand also calls for the reintroduction of masks we should all wear masks and uh, these uh these protesters said that uh, masks should be mandatory if, even if you're outdoors i mean you're going okay well, now i'm really lost on this one Further, the group called for marches to support the Palestinian struggle against Israel and apartheid and settle and colonizing, and so on and so forth. I mean, these guys really are on the fringe. Um, but this particular MP's decision to attend the anti police anti Israeli rally was also condemned by uh, Jewish groups in Canada, and they accused her of being uh, radical uh, in in the in the uh, through a sense of the world a word rather. So uh, to quote the. Uh, the uh, uh, Jewish uh, community represented by B'nai B'rith in Canada, quote, Sarah Jemma is a radical who continues to take positions that are contrary to the aims of her party. The NDP has aims, apparently. And the legislature as a whole and the sanctity and security of her constituents. She continues to unnecessarily conflate domestic issues with those of Israel-Palestine, unquote. Now, the uh, Solicitor General for Ontario said that uh, he was uh, showing uh, or she was showing rather the the far left's true colors and that they condemned it in, in the most uh, strongest terms that calls to defund it, abolish the police and their continued embrace of rampant anti-Semitism. And there's an interesting link here between this crowd, the anti-Semites and abolish the police. I mean, you know, there seems to be some kind of a uh, link between these uh, groups uh anyhow uh it's it's clear that uh this business of abolishing the police and talking about uh, you know uh, racism and colonial police violence and and right-wing fascists attacking drag queens and 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 trans and queer and black and indigenous, it's like some sort of epidemic on the streets of people being attacked and i'm not familiar with any of those cases but i am familiar with a lot of these people who are shoving innocent folks into the oncoming subway cars and uh, slashing tires and and defacing monuments and apparently all that stuff is you know for a good cause well i think we are in serious trouble uh when when a, a place like canada which really had no real history of this kind of craziness is now in full bloom i mean this is
0: well i guess to me the answer very simply to the people that want to abolish the police is if you uh get involved in an accident or your loved ones are attacked or your house is broken into or you happen to be downtown and get involved in a riot don't expect the police to help you don't call the police right that's that's fine you know, you don't you don't think they should be there then deal with the consequences of that you know well, remove the 911 dial button from your phone. Uh, you, you can't have it both ways. Either you do something and abide by what what. And, and I guess it goes back a little bit to what you were talking about before with our, our uh, justice system in Canada. And, and I don't think we have a justice system in Canada. We have a criminal system. We have a system for the criminals, by the criminals, and of the criminals.
1: If you live in Winnipeg, uh, the same bunch that we're talking about who don't seem to like to have any police anywhere, uh, they're uh, now warning the public to be extra vigilant as a high-risk sex offender who has preyed on children, especially girls, is being released back into the public after completing a short prison term. I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but this guy was released by Correctional Services on July 12th, despite the fact he risks he, he poses a risk to children. He'd been serving a sentence of six and a half months, breaching the conditions of his own recognizance order. Another guy who's told, you know, you are you're, you're supposed to uh, do what the courts have told you, and they think, who cares? Okay. So the Winnipeg Police, in their in their wisdom, go on Twitter, and they say this is a community notification uh The, the fellow's name I'm not gonna, uh, was released from the Headingly Correctional Center on July 12th. Has a history of violent sexual offenses. This guy is still considered high risk to reoffend. All children are at risk, particularly females. So the Winnipeg police, for whatever reason, think okay, we'll put this out on Twitter. It solves the problem. No, uh, now I'm not blaming this the police for the release of this guy, but you know. It, it, it shows you know how mickey mouse this is getting well we'll just put put it out on twitter this guy look out for him because he shouldn't be out on the street yeah okay so what you're going to lock up your kids now in winnipeg if you have young young uh, you know daughters who well, don't go out on the street because this joker is running around loose because the correctional services and the, and, and the uh, manitoba justice system yeah, i'll just release him you know maybe maybe he'll get maybe he won't be such a problem when he's out with the regular folks
0: well, I think part of that goes to the, uh, I dare I say it, wokeism, right? If the police didn't put out something or didn't do something or and something drastic happened, then they're gonna be the ones that are first gonna be land-based. Not the guy that committed the, the offense, not the, the the system that gave him six months. Well, that's, a, that's like a $200 fine, right? Or $200 again, bail. Again, the same joke. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't fault the police for for going to a public. You know, people all have Twitter accounts. People all have Facebook accounts. People all have because that's where we get our updates from. I don't. Know. Anyway, so they did something because maybe that's all they could do. What are they, what is in in this case? What is the Winnipeg police? Are they gonna? They don't have the resources to follow this guy around 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. They they don't.
1: Oh, you know, don't know. yeah, but, but
0: they do CYA on this. Okay. Oh, absolutely.
1: They, absolutely. They, they are quoted as putting out a press release. Uh, and I, I quote the press release uh, that says, or rather the the, the, the spokesperson for the, uh, for the Winnipeg Police Service says that, uh, you know, they're going to be monitoring the situation. And, quote, we have a dedicated high-risk sex offender unit called the Manitoba Integrated High-Risk Sex Offender Unit, the M I H R S O U, which monitors such offenders and it enforces court orders. The only thing is that this particular guy who has a, a problem uh, of uh, uh, continual recidivism has a criminal record that includes sexual assault, sexual assault with a deadly weapon, and for dangerous purposes. He's used threats, drugs, and other inducements to lure his underage victims. He's already bound by three court orders that limit his contact with children under 16. His employment and volunteer opportunities, access to alcohol, drugs, and his possession of weapons. He doesn't give a rat's behind about what the court order says. He's also deprived by a daily curfew, which will be in regular contact with his probation officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The unit that, well, the unit also said, well, this individual participating in some treatment programs while in custody he's still considered a high risk to reoffend so who's what were who the adults in that room uh, at, at correctional services or in the court system okay well, that, yeah, And man, the public is-, is is to you know, exercise caution and immediately report any suspicious activity involving him well excuse me but the public aren't police officers public aren't the court system the public should be able to go about their business without having to worry about some nut job like this wandering around loose i'm sorry you know but there's there's something it just under there's there's an
0: expectation and i guess that goes back to yesteryear wait (laughs) we have an expectation that we're going to live in a society that people follow the rules and Unfortunately, the rules are getting so confused or so unenforceable that, that you know, what do, we, what do they want to do? Should we just get up in the morning and have our morning coffee and make sure that the front and the back doors are locked and, you know, draw the drapes so we don't see anybody or and nobody can see in dust or... Yeah. Do we want to become that kind of society? And and my answer is no. And I kind of wonder at some point, this particular individual in Manitoba, what's going to happen if somebody decides to take the law into their own hands? And, you know, if he was attacking my six-year-old daughter and, and I killed him. They're going to be in dire straits. They're going to be. They're going to have the book thrown at them because they're being being vigilante, which is not acceptable. But then neither is child molestation or serious assaults or or anything else along that line. So we have a court system that is very very messed up, and and I don't think it is particularly germane to this country. I think in in a lot of countries the. Path of least resistance is often taken.
1: Yeah, but I still don't understand the motivation.
0: Uh, well, I think it's just the fact. I hope it doesn't. Nothing serious happens on my watch, and and eventually it's it's going to happen. And uh, anyway, you had you had said something about going back to the ten license plates.
1: Oh yeah. Well, part of that uh, is uh, the whole proliferation of false and fraudulent license plates that have are a real bane here in this province. And I think some other jurisdictions, but this one, they actually tried to solve the problem some couple of years ago, coming out with a new set of license plates. And then they found out they couldn't read the license plates at night because of the technology that they use on the new license plates. You couldn't, apparently you couldn't read these plates in the dark. So they stopped making upgraded license. Plates. In the meantime, uh, t- almost two years has passed now and we still have all sorts of fraud with people using stolen license plates that, you know, uh, if you, if you talk to the, the police or listen to them on, on their, on their uh, uh, patrols, they'll pull over a car. That's a, a I don't know, a, a, a 92 Buick, which actually has plates for a 2008 Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And the, the proliferation of bogus plates and vehicles that are unregistered for insurance it's totally nobody cares you know so again it's all part of the justice system is uh and and the bureaucracy seems to not give any wits regard to to the little things okay Uh, and and you how incompetent are you when you can't even put out license plates that that you can have some degree of confidence in the the, the plate that's uh, the, or the marker that's on that vehicle really belongs to the person you're talking to or is really attached to the vehicle that's in question and so this might seem like some bureaucratic you know issue for 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 our, our viewers or readers or our listeners rather but you know if you can't do that how do how are we expecting you to deal with serious criminals who are you know doing their utmost to Screw up society. I mean, we really have a problem here, and
0: uh we do. And you know, out here person. in particular, we used to have the validation stickers that went on plates, so that everybody knew that you had paid your insurance fees and your registration was up to date, and blah 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 blah. Not that that plate belonged to that particular car. That's it's kind of a separate issue, but. One of the police services out here decided, because there was a a rash of break-ins to insurance uh, companies where they were stealing the little decals when they caught the individual, uh, they charged them with theft over. Because it costs, on average, maybe a $1,000 to more, depending on your driving record, to get that little sticker to put on your plate. And Crown prosecutors out here wouldn't go with that because somebody in their right mind or alleged right mind went out and asked, how much does it actually cost to produce this little piece of paper? And it was 25 cents or 30 cents per per, per decal. So you can't charge them with theft over because it's only worth 30 cents.
1: But the... But the point of the thing is that if you don't have any faith in your system whether it's as mundane as the decals on your marker or your license plate then how do you expect to have any faith in the the machinery of of law enforcement justice if you can't deal with the little things how is the public expected to deal with the big things
0: well like and that's mentioned before like other federal programs are you starting to get into with uh immigration uh, foreign affairs uh it's global affairs. gathering you know i mean it's if you can't do simple things how are you going to be expected to do the well, major i
1: i think we're coming to a re- part of this discussion is a realization that by not being able to deal with the simple things which is probably because we have people who can't deal with simple things are then tasked with doing complicated things. You know, we're using the things here as a, and well, no wonder we're in trouble. Okay. There are no adults in the room. There are no learned, skilled, educated people in the room. We seem to have, have drilled down to the, to the very bottom of the, 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 the heap of humanity to run stuff and they can't run simple things. Okay. And that's, that, you know, that's, that's a big problem here, you know, mm-hmm. because I don't know how you turn this around, by the way, we want to get, you know, for something minutes left. I, one of the big news items for, for us this uh, couple of days now is, uh, is the, the, um, war in Ukraine can, drags on. And yesterday, uh, a Ukrainian general was quoted as said that the Americans have delivered a shipment of cluster bombs to them, uh, because, uh, while they haven't used them, it will radically change things on the battlefield, according to the Ukrainian general. Uh, the report from uh, the wire service, let me just see where it's from, from antiwar.com, well, okay, but be that as it may, the Biden administration announced last week he was sending Ukrainian cluster munitions, sending the Ukraine with cluster munitions in the form of 155-millimeter artillery shells as part of another $800 million package of aid. They're being prided by Biden, out of their own supplies directly from the U.S. military stockpiles. Now, we all know about the cluster bombs, which are, they scatter small bombs all over the place when they explode, making especially hazards for civilians. And they, what happens for years and decades afterwards, a lot of the stuff doesn't go off. And then some indis- indiscriminately kills people or maims people yeah. years after the stuff, the war is over or the conflict is over because you can't find them. They're made of plastic. You can't even go after them with you know, bomb detection devices. Well, because it's kind of a like the ind- mine issue. Yeah. yeah, and because of their indiscriminate uh, nature, the cluster bombs have been banned in over 100 countries. But get this, the U.S., Ukraine, and Russia are not signatories to the treaty, known as a Convention on Cluster Munitions. And Americans have defended arming Kiev with these weapons, saying that Ukraine and U.S. are running out of conventional artillery. So we're just going to have to use this because according to the State Secretary, Anthony Blinken, Ukraine would be defenseless without cluster bombs. The administration's rhetoric on cluster munitions, of course, has radically changed because back in February of 2022, when they were asked about the use of the cluster bombs in Ukraine by the Russians, they said it would be a potential war crime. Interesting. When someone else throws it, it's a war crime. When they throw it into the, into the field, it's
0: not a war crime. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this, this, uh, goes, this goes exactly what we've been talking about with adults in the room. And, that's right. Uh, Proliferation. If we do, if we just had one simple nuclear uh, preemptive strike, it would solve issues. Well, no. Oh we yeah. Don't. Yeah. Well, we, <laughs> we you know darn well that if the Ukraine fires one cluster bomb, it's going to come back in in aces. And then where where do you end up? Right.
1: Well, I, you know the the whole thing with NATO and Ukraine now is is really getting to be quite toxic. Uh, across the board on on the whole question of who's telling lies and who's not. Uh, you know, when the United States loses their mind because some country like China or Russia might put something into Cuba, you know, base, whoa, you can't do that because that's, that's tantamount to attack on the U.S. But when the U.S. decides to go into a country that butts right up against its adversary, that's okay. And I don't know where these people get off talking about tactical nuclear weapons because there's no such thing. You do that, we're all going to fry because there's this strange phenomena going on in the States that somehow they aren't going to have any of this trouble if they start blowing up other people. Like, you know, as I said many times before, this isn't uh, some ragtag outfit running around the desert in their sandals. You're talking about a nuclear powered adversary who is not gonna sit around and have their country attacked. Yes. This, this, anyway, we, we don't have much time, but this hope people are thinking about this because they, they better write to their MPs and their and their congressmen and their senators and say, stop this insanity before some moron really screws it up. And that's yes, yes.
0: I guess this is the plea for the adults in the room to please stand up. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway, anyway. that's our plea. Please. Good to see see you, Bob. Good to see you too. And I'm sure we'll probably be in touch again next week. Take care. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Have fun.
1: We'll try. Bye now.